Lord love a three-legged leopard skin jacket. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is Harlan Williams. You are rolling down the Harlan Highway. Great to have you here as we come up towards the end of another year. So sad, <laughs> but happy you're here. What a show we have today. We are going to be talking about all kinds of things like uh, going home for the holidays, going through the airports, things like that. We're going to be talking about uh, presents, selecting presents. Are you good at selecting presents? Do you do you buy good presents? Do you take the time or do you do something that's kind of a, maybe a little lame? We're going to be talking about that. Um, we're going to be talking about Disney shows. There's some really creepy, weird Disney shows on the air, and uh, I, I got to get it off my chest. We're going to be talking about that. Um, what about knives? This is the time of year we should be talking about knives. Do you have knives in your uh, in your kitchen, let's talk about them. I think uh, this would be a perfect show to talk about your knives, and then also um, talking about you know going home back to your home you grew up in as a little kid. It's all here, your home, right here on the Harland Highway. <laughs> This is Harland Williams. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Baby, it's cold. Baby, it's cold outside. Uh, yeah, it's getting cold outside. Christmas is a coming. And, uh, man, it's that time of year. Uh, you can feel it in the air. People are out buying their presents. All the Christmas lights are up. I dig it, man. Um, but welcome. Enough of that. Enough of that good cheer and frivolity. <laughs> How about this? How about... Uh, are, do you watch TV at all? Even channel surfing, you have to have noticed this. Disney has a whole bunch of channels now. They have Disney Family and Disney Kids and Disney Junior and Disney Disney and Disney 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 and Disney 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 or didn't Disney he? I mean, and good for Disney, but here's where it's getting weird and annoying for me. Um, they've got all these shows like um, you know iCarly. And uh, Hannah Montana, and uh, they have like these—they're like sitcommy shows, high concept sitcommy shows for kids, for you know teenagers and and kids like from six years old up to like you know seventeen. That snack bracket, and uh, I don't watch the shows, but I scan through the channels, and I I end up dropping on them very very briefly. And Disney, I don't know how they do it, but it drives me nuts. And I don't know if you've noticed it or you even watch these shows, but they have a knack for casting kids that physically look really annoying and different. Okay? Like they'll cast a kid who's got a big nose or his eyes are too close together or... 
they've got the weirdest haircut you've ever seen, or they're kind of pudgy, but they've got big blue eyes, or there's something about the kids. I don't know if they go, like, into the desert and knock on the door of the Hills Have Eyes family, or, uh, you know, they go to, like, you know, insane asylums all over the country and do casting calls, but... They have a knack, and they must do it on purpose because there's way too many Disney shows where I see this trend where they find the goofy kid whose looks are just a little off, and you realize that Disney's not casting these kids because they have acting ability. They're going, let's find the kid that looks nutty and off and has, like, the crooked head or has, like, the, uh, you know, the praying mantis eyes. Or the kooky extra big nose and the high voice. Or the haircut that looks like Orange Julius or something. You know what I mean? And I think that's their agenda. They find these physically whacked out people. And then they go, you know what? If they can act, we'll teach them to act. Don't worry about the craft of acting. Any idiot can memorize a line. Just find me these kids that look at, that annoy you just to look at them. And they do it, man. And the problem is these kids show up, and God bless them. I'm not really faulting the kids, but the kids show up on the show. I think they're the only one in the room that, that don't get it, that Disney cast them because they look like mentoids from the fourth dimension. And so this kid with, you know, the buccaneer haircut and the crazy crab fingers and the, you know, the eyes of a tit mouse, you know, these kids show up thinking, oh, man, I must be an actor. And you see these kids putting their heart and soul into it and trying to get the comedy timing and the acting and, you know, sure, they can memorize the lines, but they just come off as horrible. Not all of them. I can't put them all in the hole, but the majority of them, you're just like, it's almost unwatchable. Yet, because I think, and here's the gimmick, and I'm just guessing here, but I think Disney's counting on these kids being so kooky that kids are going to look out, look, uh, tune in for the visual bonanza and forego any acting or storylines. They're just like, you know, I don't know what it is, but for some reason... I can't take my eyes off the guy with the slanted face and uh, his teeth are on his forehead, you know? It's like, it just drives me nuts, man. And I don't even want to invite you to do this, but I think I, I might have to just to, maybe I'm just going crazy, but maybe I need someone to verify this for me, but tune in like any day of the week or the weekend and, Click on to these Disney shows. And usually the main star or starlet is usually like a hottie in hiding. You know, they're like a Hillary Duff or a, you know, uh, one of these really cute kids that somehow they know they're going to grow up and look model-esque. But all the supporting characters are just like, you know, they're like dementoids. They're like just these creepy kids. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, check it out. Maybe you can let me know. Write to me at uh, harlowwilliams.com. 
And please tell me I'm not the only one who's seeing this creepiness. Have you checked the children? Oh, yes, and speaking of children and kids and family, uh, it's Christmas, and uh, what are you doing for gift-giving this year? Are you one of these people that give a gift card? Is that is that easier to do? Yeah, I'm asking the question, because is it a cop-out? Is, is it a lame-out? It's like, yeah, here you go. Here's something that weighs almost an ounce. Um, it's about uh, as thick as a piece of paper. And it's about the size of my credit card. In fact, it's the exact size of my credit card. Here you go, a plastic wafer. And yeah, that plastic wafer, that gift card might have, you know, $100 on it. Or it might have a fancy logo on it, a picture of Starbucks logo or a picture of, you know, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe a Best Buy, whatever. Maybe it's an Apple gift card. But it doesn't seem to matter no matter how much you put on it. It it just kind of feels impersonal, right? It's like, hey, man, what'd you give me for Christmas? Well, you're going to love this. A wafer thin, okay, barely feelable, all right, Plastic, yeah, gift card. Oh, hmm. But don't be distraught. There is $150 on it. Hmm, you couldn't have just given me $150? Well, I did. It's in that gift card. Hmm, okay. Well, I guess. I mean, it's... uh, it's, you know, it's the thought that counts, I guess, right? But those gift cards, even though they're they're probably good, they're probably handy, there is something about them that, that feels a little like, uh, you know, are you kind of one of these people that's like, I don't know what to get you, here's a gift card. What do you mean? Don't be mad at me, it's $150. Yeah, I put a lot of thought into it. I was standing at Starbucks, and I was thinking, I love coffee. And then I was thinking, you know what, Ed loves coffee. It's Christmas. I'm going to help Ed love coffee. How easy was that? I've done my Christmas shopping. Here's your wafer-thin plastic card. You see where I'm I'm going with this? It's I don't know. And uh, in a way, they're good because, you know, then people can go and redeem them for whatever they want. And, uh, you know... They get to go into the store and go, well, here I got 150 bucks. There's that phone I always wanted. I'm going to get that phone. But I don't know. There's something different about, you know, someone going out and going, gee, I'd like to get Bill a phone. What kind of phone would Bill like? And then, you know, they went and looked at all the phones and they picked them up and they felt them and they pressed the buttons and they're thinking of you. They're like, I wonder if Bill would like this feature or Bill would like that feature. Oh, this has uh, this has instant messaging. Bill would love to instant message, right? And you looked at the packaging and you read the instructions and you felt how heavy it was. Maybe you shook it and you yeah, Bill's going to like this. And there's something knowing that this person who gave you a gift actually went out and uh, put you in the forefront of their uh, to-do list. And I'm guessing that they had to shop around and compare. 
But a gift card kind of takes all the footwork out of it. It's like, boom, here you go. Oh, my God, where'd you get this? Well, I went into Starbucks. It's right there on the counter, right beside the Rice Krispie Squares. Oh, my God, this is wonderful. So it's a mixed blessing, the gift card. So what I'm asking, are you one of these gift carders this holiday season? And if you are, just, you know, wrap them up, little flat package. Your friend will go, okay, he either got me a gift card or this is a pack of condoms. Hello. Have a really nice day today, folks. You deserve it. Well, I saw a commercial the other day for, uh, it was one of those, uh, those uh, you know, those fast-talking, like the ShamWow type commercials. You've got to have one of these in your kitchen. If you don't have one of these, you are an asshole. Only four ninety nine for the... And it was one of these, uh, it's called the Edge of Glory Knife Sharpener. And here's this guy going on and on. He's like, are your knives dull? You need the Edge of Glory Knife Sharpener. Look at this. I put it in here. It's almost effortless, and I can cut a trailer in half. Yes, I've just cut a Winnebago into three pieces and served it to my children. And then I started thinking, okay, it works. It definitely sharpens the knife. But then I I got a, a bigger question, a more probing question. How many of you have ever used a kitchen knife to the point where it ever went dull? I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, okay, um, let's cross out like chefs and cooks, okay? But just the average Joe, you and me, how often do you pull out one of those big sharp knives out of the drawer, out of the out of the uh, knife, uh, you know, that little knife stand some of you have where there's like 17 knives? There's like a butcher knife and a big giant cutting knife and a, a, a bread cutting knife and, you know, these, these uh, knife blocks or whatever they are. They're, they're sitting on your uh, counter in your kitchen. They look like the back of a bull that just got stabbed a million times in a bullfight in Spain. It's like, what's with all the knives, dude? Well, I'm doing an autopsy later. My uncle died. Oh, okay. I mean, it's crazy, but but think about it. How often do you pull one of those knives? Do you pull one out daily? Do you pull one out uh, weekly? Do you pull one out monthly? And really, what are you cutting with them? I mean, you, you cut a watermelon, you cut a tomato, you cut an onion, maybe you cut a sandwich in half. I hate to say it, folks, that's not a lot of duress on a metal knife blade. It's like, oh, great, I got to get a new knife. Why's that, man? Oh, I just cut a tomato in half. Are you kidding me? This thing won't cut through anything. I was going to do a murder later. I can't even kill my neighbor. Why not? Well, I cut a potato and I cut a chicken salad sandwich in half. My knife blade's dull. That's where I'm going with this. How how often does your blade get dull? How many of us use a knife enough that the, the the bloody blade ever goes dull. Truth be told, you can probably keep one of those kitchen knives around for eternity for the length of your lifetime, and it would probably not go dull. But that's what these uh, commercials do. They make you think, uh, do you need your knife sharp? And look how it cuts through this tomato. How dare you keep a dull knife around your kitchen? 
well, you know what? It's not really dull, and I don't really need the Edge of Glory knife sharpener for twelve ninety nine. And, of course, with those deals, you know, they always send you like, and wait, there's more. We're going to send you 12 free ones for the price of $900. It's like, okay, right. So, anyways, I'm just asking, man. It just doesn't make any sense to me. We really don't use our knives that much. Unless you're into taxidermy or, you know, you're like cutting through walls or something. There, I said it. I got that off my chest. Now I think I'll go stab myself. Thank you. Well, you make us feel important. You are important, Mrs. Gibb. Oh, God. There it is. Can you hear it in the background? There's the airport. Oh, the holidays are coming. And uh, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're staying at home or you're traveling. You got to fly. That That's the only... That's the only part of uh, going home for the holidays that's brutal. Uh, Hitting that airport, man, during the holidays. It's crowded. It's noisy. And uh, just the hassle. The hassle of flying. What is that all about? Got to go through the x-ray machine. You You ever tried taking presents? You ever tried taking presents through the x-ray machine during the holidays? You dare not wrap them, okay? If you wrap them, they're like, oh, we, 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 got, we got to look inside there. But that's not for you. Yeah, well, that's too bad. We got we to gotta look inside. But that says Billy on it. You can't go in there. Well, that's Billy's problem. We got we to gotta open it up. And it makes me wonder if these airport security guys are just, like, pissed that they got to work during Christmas. Like, hey, man, I don't care what anyone says. I'm opening some motherfucking presents at Christmas. I don't care if they're mine. I'm just going to open some presents, man. And uh, there they go. They get right into your presents. Bing, bang, boom. Um... But, uh, you know, there's also a good feeling when that plane starts to land, when you when you get close to your destination, you look out the window, and, and I'm guessing you're flying home. Most people fly home to their family, and you, you look out the window, and you're like, oh, there's the old buildings, there's the old skyline from the city I lived in, and then the memories come flooding back. And like, oh, look, there's there's the, the thing where I did the thing and I lost my virginity. And there's where me and Steve got our first speeding ticket. And there's where, uh, that's where I smoked my first cigarette. And, oh, it's good to be home for the holidays. And then, you, you, you know, the anticipation of seeing everyone you know, your friends, your family, familiar landmarks. You're going to all your old haunts, your favorite restaurants, your favorite donut shop. Maybe you drive by your old school that you went to. Maybe you drive by the old neighborhood. You you sneak a peek at the house that you grew up in. You're like, wait a minute. Those bushes weren't there when I was a kid. And what color's the garage? Since when is our garage green? Right? You start to have ownership issues. Like you, you forget you haven't lived there for 15, 20 years. New families have come and gone. But you still feel like, wait a minute, I grew up in that place. Where's where's my sandbox that used to be sitting out there? Where's the swing set? What the hell? Who's in our house? 
You get out of the car, you run up to the front door, get the hell out of my house, or I'll call the police. Who the hell are you? I live here. Okay, nice. Now I'm calling the police. <laughs> right? And then you uh, you show up at your friend or family's house, whoever you're spending the holidays with. There's that excitement. There's that, that initial hug. There's the familiar scents, the smells in the house, in the hallway. Maybe if you're a, if you celebrate Christmas, maybe there's the smell of that pine tree, that Christmas tree. And just for a minute, you're you're taken back to your youth. You're you're taken back to your comfort zone. You're taken back to all those things that were familiar and feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> or the opposite, you walk in the door, you get slammed in the face with all the stuff I just mentioned, and you're like. Holy Christ, why the hell did I come home? What in the name of hell was I thinking? There's those stupid plates. Oh, there's uh, there's Uncle Billy. There's uh, there's uh, Aunt uh, Gloria. There's their stupid noisy kids. Oh, there's that stupid broken chair that's still there. Since I grew up, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> it's one or the other, right? Or maybe it's 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 shades of both. But at the end of the day, I think I think uh, the the idea of being back wins the day, right? Overrides any negativity. It's like ah, I'm home for the holidays. It's one of the uh, maybe one of the few things in life that uh, is, is, you know gives you a little reassurance. No matter how your years gone, maybe you've been divorced, maybe you had some uh, financial hardships. Maybe you've been in a fight with someone. Maybe you're involved in a lawsuit. Maybe you've had some bitterness or some uh, some health issues. But you go home, and there just seems to be a world of acceptance. You know, unless you're one of those families that feuds all the time. But if you're if you're copacetic with each other, there seems to be, you know what? Let's put all my problems to the side. I'm home. Bring me a turkey leg. A big frosty mug of beer. Put a stupid red hat on my head. And let me slowly burp and pass out. Merry Christmas. (laughs) So whatever the case is for you, I hope it's a good one. I hope it is a good one. Um, And as I said at the beginning of the show, man, we are close. We are very, very close. Uh, I I hope you have plans Hope you've uh, bought your presents, your gift cards for everybody, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Um, it's been a great year, and we're looking forward to bringing you the Harland Highway again next year. Um, let's uh, let's run through some announcements. If you're going to be in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada uh, for New Year's, Please, please uh, get your tickets at um, for Massey Hall. I will be hosting a show at uh, Massey Hall in Toronto on New Year's Eve. Uh, it's the uh, New Year's Eve comedy extravaganza at Massey Hall. It's a beautiful theater in downtown Toronto. Get your tickets online. And I was able to talk my cousin Kevin Hearn from the Bare Naked Ladies into uh, coming on stage and doing a few songs with me. So the... The Cousins, our little hobby band, will be there. I'm going to be there doing some stand-up. There's going to be like uh, five or six other great comedians. 
Uh, it's going to be a really fun show, folks. And uh, the great part is you're out of there by 1030 at night. Show wraps up at 1030, so you can go from a great comedy show straight to your uh, New Year's Eve party and uh, welcome in the new year. Uh, also coming in the new year, we can't forget this, January 15th, my brand new stand-up comedy special, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature. It's my first uh, stand-up show uh, special in uh, many years. It's uh, it's going to be on iTunes. You can uh, pick it up at iTunes. You can digitally download it at iTunes. And this is the special where I shot it in the middle of the desert on a hill in the blazing sun. Very different, very unique. I'm very proud of it, and I hope you uh, dig it. So check it out on iTunes. Harlan Williams, Force of Nature. Don't forget the other uh, podcast network I'm on, All Things Comedy. A great podcast network uh, that uh, features many other uh, great comedians. Jake Johansson, Bill Burr, to name a few. We all have podcasts on there. You can also find out what's going on in the stand-up and comedy community. And uh, if you want to write to me, if you have uh, anything you want to talk about, um, you can write to me at harlanwilliams.com. Uh, don't forget we have uh, the Harlan Williams Twitter page, at Harlan Williams. We have the official Harlan Williams Facebook site. You can join on there. Whew, I'm running out of breath. And uh, early in the new year, I will be posting my new stand-up comedy gig dates. So, uh New cities, new towns I will be visiting in the new year. Great stuff. And uh, looking forward to doing it all again in 2013. So uh, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to bail. i got to go pick up a bunch of uh, gift cards, spread those around like uh, sweet and sour garlic butter, and, uh, and I'll leave it right there. Thanks for being here, folks. Uh, we will catch you uh, next time. Don't forget uh, our next uh, podcast. We will be going to the uh, Harland Highway Santa Claus Parade with our commentators John and John. It's always a yearly treat, and uh, we're going to be seeing some wonderful floats and all that kind of stuff, so... Uh, our next podcast, we will be uh, at the Harland Highway Christmas Parade. Please join us. And that's it. Until next time, my friends, chicken chow mein, baby. Oh, I admit I don't know too much about modern times. Have a really nice day today, folks. You deserve it.